0: Many of you know my wife, Susie, uh, we've been married for a little over two years and have known each other for almost six years. And I've got to be honest with you. She is one of the few people that I absolutely trust uh, with a- anything, with everything. Um, I know that I can tell her just about anything, and uh, even though she might judge me a little bit or uh, possibly need to process what I shared with her, I know that I can trust her with anything but look, it didn't always start off that way. It doesn't for anyone. As I got to know Susie more and more, I had to learn to trust her more and more every single day. And this is true not just between spouses. I mean, think about your friends, think about your co-workers, think about family members. If there is to be a genuine relationship between people, uh, between two people or just people or a community, there's going to be a genuine relationship. Then, uh, Everybody needs to learn to trust each other more. And the way they do that is by practicing to trust one another a little bit more every single day. You know, I I think this is true of any type of relationship we may have, but I think it's also true of our relationship with God. If we are going to trust God, then we have to practice trusting God more and more and more every single day. And I think this is uh, particularly, particularly true when it comes to trusting God with our money. Now, Giving financially to God's mission through the church, through our tithes and our offerings, it's always difficult when we first get started. It's always hard to trust God with our money, with money when we first get started. And, um, you know, we're not really ready to trust God with it yet. We, we, and we wonder a whole bunch of things, right? So uh, we ask things like, how do we know it's going to be used for the right reasons? Or, uh, you know, I'll give, but uh, what if I don't have enough? right? Or or I've heard this one a lot. I've worked really hard for my money. I need to uh, pay for my things and, and meet my own needs first. But here's the thing. When we give financially to God's mission through the church, we take the first step in learning to trust God more and more every single day. Let me explain this. There's a story in the gospel of Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew 14, and it's a story called the feeding of the 5,000. Maybe you've heard of it before, but if you haven't, I want you to listen to this text. It comes from Matthew chapter 14, uh, verses 13 through 21. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion for them and cured the sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into their villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were 5,000 men besides women and children. Look, I've always found this story very fascinating because what happens here is quite spectacular. I mean, think about it. Standing in front of Jesus and the disciples are more than 5,000 hungry people. And and let's assume, let's just, let's try to figure out how many people there are. Let's assume that half of those 5,000, remember it says 5,000 men, uh, not including, uh, besides women and children, The Scripture says. So let's assume there was 5,000 men there. Let's assume half of them were married. So uh, we've got about 7,500 people. And let's assume that half of those who were married had a kid. Uh, So we're talking about at least 9,000 people. I mean, this was a huge crowd out there. And and so the disciples look at the situation, they look around, and they realize these people are hungry, and it's getting late, and uh, they probably need to, um, they need to figure out a plan, right? So so they turn to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, come on, this crowd is hungry, and while we have food, it's only enough food for us, right? I mean, they say, we only have uh, five loaves and two fish. So, so I love what they say to Jesus. They say, Jesus, we we don't have enough food. We don't have enough. So just send them home. Send them to their own villages and they can get their own food. It's almost like they're saying, you know what, Jesus? Like we have our own food. Like we have enough for us. Let them go uh, back to their their towns. Let them go back to their villages. Let them go back home and get their own stuff. You see what I find fascinating about this story and, and particularly what happens here is that, uh, one, they knew that there was a need. The disciples knew that there was a need. They recognized the need in their community. Two, they knew they had something to offer, five loaves and two fish. But here's the thing. They didn't trust that Jesus could take their gift, what little or, or, you know, what little they had, and change the world with it. They didn't trust that Jesus could take what they had and, and feed everybody there. They didn't trust that Jesus could change the world with their gift. Now, look, I don't know about you, but there have been times when I have had uh, the same type of mentality. Yes, I know that there is a need in the world. Yes, I know that I have some financial resources to offer, but I don't always trust that Jesus can take my gift and change the world with it. No matter how big or small my gift may be, I don't always trust that Jesus can change the world with it. So, like the disciples, I offer Jesus other options, right? Let me keep what I have, Jesus. After all, I can picture the disciples saying this. I was smart enough to bring food. They didn't. Let them go home and get their own food, right? I offer other options, right? Like the disciples, when they like, we have, we have this for us. Let them go get their own but I want you to hear this. When we do that, when we have that same type of mentality, Jesus gives us the same response that he gave the disciples that day. Did you catch it? They don't need to go away. You feed them. Right? I mean, he looks at the disciples and says, give me what you have, right? What do you have? Okay, give me that and I will feed everyone with that. Now, look, I get it. That's a tough pill to swallow. I'm sure that it was very difficult for the disciples to give Jesus uh, the, the, the five loaves and the two fish that they had. I mean, what if Jesus is wrong, right? What if, what if Jesus doesn't feed everybody with that, right? What if all of a sudden, even they end up hungry, even though they've been carrying their food all day with them? I mean, I can just picture them saying to Jesus, Jesus, we've had a long day, can you just send them home and we can just sit here and have a nice dinner together? It'll be quiet and, and, and you know, we, we can enjoy what we have. I, I've got to tell you, I completely understand their hesitancy. The disciples, um, they, they may have been worried that maybe their gift was not big enough for Jesus to make a difference with it. But here's the beautiful part about this story. Ultimately, uh, they gave their gift Ultimately, they trusted Jesus with what little they had. Scripture, scripture tells us that they gave uh, Jesus their five loaves and their two fish. And after Jesus blessed them, and uh, he gives them to the disciples, and the disciples pass out the food. And we're told that at the end of it, they, they, everybody that ate was not only full, they had 12 baskets full of leftovers. I just think that's such a beautiful moment for the disciples. I mean, think about it after seeing what Jesus did with their small gift, uh, you know, I think in that moment they realized, wow, we really can trust Jesus. After uh, seeing Jesus change the world for these people with, with their small gift, I can imagine the disciples thinking, oh, wow, I, I, Jesus really can take what I have to offer and change the world. I, I, I can just picture that moment being one of many steps in which they learned to trust Jesus more and more, because as they trusted Jesus, they saw Jesus change the world with their gift. And my guess is that after this moment, they decided to trust Jesus more the next time something like this happens. And, 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 and here's how I know that. Just one chapter later, uh, just remember this, this, this feeding of the 5,000 happened in chapter 14. Uh, one chapter late later in Matthew 15, we hear another story that sounds very similar. I want you to listen to this. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for the crowd, because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat, and I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. The disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in the desert to feed this uh, so great a crowd? Jesus asked them, How many loaves loaves do you have? They said, seven, and a few small fish. Then ordering the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and after giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all of them ate, all of them ate and were filled, and they took the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. Those who had eaten were 4,000 men, besides women and children. The story sounds very similar, doesn't it? Uh, they, they have a lot of similarities, right? So, for starters, the, the crowd uh, was in need of food. Um, they were also, um, um, they, neither of the crowds had easy access to food. Uh, in both stories, Jesus takes a small amount, a small gift of uh, food, and gives it to the disciples, and the disciples feed everyone. Um, there, there's also this assumption that what is offered isn't enough, but both times it is, and not just enough, but there's leftovers in both stories, right? Both of these stories sound very similar, but there's two big differences. One, I think the obvious one is the size of the crowd. The first one we, we mentioned, it says, uh, 5,000 men were, were fed besides women and children, right? So that number could have easily been doubled. And in this story, we're told 4,000 men besides the women and children. So again, that number could have easily been doubled but here's the other major difference this time the disciples don't suggest to jesus hey jesus send the crowds home so they can get their own food this time jesus goes to them and says look they're hungry and we need to feed them and look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own this part. The disciples' first instinct when Jesus says this to them is to say, well, where are we going to get enough food for them, uh, right? We're We're in the middle of the desert. How are we going to get enough food for them? But pay attention to the conversation that happens right after that. Jesus says to them, well, how much bread do you have? And I love the answer. The disciples say, we have seven loaves. Now look, if their answer had ended there, I truly believe that Jesus would have taken those seven loaves and blessed them and given it to the disciples and still would have been able to feed the whole crowd. But, but their answer doesn't end there. Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? And they say, well, we've got seven loaves and we've got a few small fish. Now, I, w- I don't want you to miss this because it's really important you can tell that the disciples are starting to trust Jesus a little bit more. Because last time, they were holding on to what they had, right? Afraid to give it up, right? This is, Let them go and get their own food. We want to hold on to this. This time, when Jesus says, let's feed them, they say, well, I've got this, right? These seven loaves, but you know what, Jesus? I, we have these fish too. They, they begin to trust Jesus by releasing more to Jesus, by releasing more for, for Jesus' ministry uh, mission in the world. You see, what the disciples experienced in that moment, uh, between, in that moment between the, the, the first, the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000, I think what the disciples experienced between those two experiences was that they learned to trust Jesus more. I mean, you see it very clearly from the first, uh, from the first large feeding to that second large feeding, they have learned to trust Jesus more because the first time they gave Jesus what they had and there was this, this, beautiful ending to that story where, where the whole crowd is fed and there's leftovers. And I wonder if as they do this second feeding, the disciples thought, okay, here's what we have, but let's offer a little bit more and see what Jesus can do with that. Look, friends, our journey in trusting God with our money financially, uh, particularly with our tithes and our offerings, it's, 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 it's a difficult run. It starts off with hesitancy, right? We ask questions at first like, can I really trust Jesus with this? Will this even make a difference in the lives of anyone? But here's the awesome part. As we learn to trust Jesus more and more and more and more, right? When we trust Jesus once, we, we see uh, Jesus change the world with that. And as we see that happen more and more and more, we begin to trust Jesus with more and more and more. You see, when we give, we get to see Jesus transform this world. We get to see Jesus change the world. We get to see Jesus make a, life, a, a, a difference in the lives of people through our gifts. And as we see Jesus do that more and more and more, we begin to feel more and more comfortable trusting Jesus with our gifts. Friends, earlier I said that uh, uh, giving financially to God's mission uh, through, uh, through the church, right, through our, our tithes and our offerings, uh, is always difficult, especially when we first get started. But I think getting started is the most difficult part. I, I think during that feeding of the 5,000, giving what they had was really difficult for the disciples. But I think that was the most difficult part of the journey because as they gave what they had, they saw Jesus do something incredible with their gifts. So much so that the next time they offered just a little bit more. Friends, I want to encourage you to get started, to take that first step. I want to challenge you, just, just, just try it out. You don't need to jump into a huge amount You don't need to sell everything you have and and give it to the church. You you don't even need uh, to start by giving something up. Just start somewhere. Start with whatever you have to offer. Maybe it's a dollar a week or $10 a week. Maybe it's $50. Maybe it's more. Start where you can. Start with what you have. But more importantly, start by noticing Jesus changed the world with the gifts that you bring. Friends, I pray that you may experience the joy of of joining in uh, God's mission to the world. I pray that you may experience the joy that the disciples felt when they gave their gifts and saw Jesus uh, feed these crowds, not just once, but twice. And I pray that just like the disciples, you too may be willing to trust Jesus with more and more every single day. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I give you thanks. God, I give you thanks because you invite us to be in ministry with you. You invite us to be a part of of the way that you transform this world, that you change this world. We give you thanks for that invitation. So so God, today I pray that we may partner with you uh, by giving uh, to your mission through the church, through our tithes and our offerings. And so, um, God, we know it's scary. We know it's difficult. But uh, but I want to challenge us, God, nudge us. Give us an invitation, just like you invited the disciples to give what they have. Invite us to give what we have. And as we do, God, I pray that we may see you transform the world with it. I pray that we may see the difference that you can make through our gifts. God, I just give you thanks. And I pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. Amen.